Welcome to the God and Cancel Culture podcast. Today you're going to hear an interview with a friend of mine named Gavin Calver, who is the head of the Evangelical Alliance in the United Kingdom. I've been friends with Gavin's father since the early 1990s. Gavin was, uh, I don't remember how old he was, maybe 11 or 12 years old, so I've kind of seen him grow up. And he has emerged as a major leader in the UK. His parents visited me a couple of months ago while I was writing my book, and they told me some examples of cancel culture in the UK that are even more extreme than we have seen here in the U.S. So I set up a podcast with Gavin. I use this podcast in my book. Of course, the podcast actually has a lot more information than we were able to use in print. So you're going to be interested and I think stunned and maybe angry by what you have to hear in today's podcast, which was originally posted as a Strang Report. Welcome to the Strang Report with Steve Strang on the Charisma Podcast Network. This episode was produced to discuss and address issues within our nation and around the world from a Christian worldview. Gavin Calver, you are from London. You head up an organization that most Americans would know, but I know it well. It's the Evangelical Alliance of the UK. And, you know, I just wanted to have a conversation about some things that were happening over there. Uh, on a personal basis, you know that we've been family friends, you know, most of your life. I got to know your father when he was about your age 30 years ago. And it's nice to connect with you and with your parents. Again, I did a podcast about a week ago with your father about the situation in Iran. And now, you know, that I'm working on this book on cancel culture, I become aware of some situations over there. In fact, CBN reported one, and I think we were able to run their story, on a pastor who is trying to be canceled because of his views on biblical marriage. Could you just kind of give me your perspective on that? And then I have a few more questions. Yeah, um, in the United Kingdom, we've got some challenges where if you want to believe the biblical model of marriage, then that is seen as not really fitting with a progressive culture. And so increasingly, we're getting called out on these things. Just two weeks ago, the leader of the opposition in the United Kingdom went to visit one of the churches. The Evangelical Alliance that I lead has three and a half thousand member churches. The leader of the opposition in politics went to visit one of those member churches to see what they were doing as a vaccine centre in a food bank for its community. Just three days later, he apologised for visiting that place because of its views on LGBTQ relationships. Now, its views are simply this. Marriages between a man and a woman, and that's how things should be. In the UK, there are all kinds of stories, including the one you used in your book, but all kinds of stories where it's getting increasingly hard to stand for biblical truth. The organisation I lead is absolutely committed to an orthodox interpretation of scripture. And as such, you from time to time find yourself as a sort of cultural leper. But you know, in the middle of that, we stand for truth, we stand firmly on God's word. And the challenge in the UK right now is not to change the Bible to fit your culture, but to believe that we can change our culture with the truth and the word of God. Well, thank you for doing that. And of course, there are people in our country that are trying to do the same thing. But there's another pastor, in fact, I sent you a copy of the article, that just sort of tweeted something. And uh, the people came after him with a vengeance. I don't think he expected it. This other pastor that you speak of that we'll report on more fully had actually gotten in some hot water before 
He's a, an African. He'd been in the news before. Things had kind of calmed down. It was actually about 10 years ago, as I recall. And then he, they were doing good works. And in the process of doing good works, they found that their theology didn't fit, you know, the progressive culture. Sometimes over here we call it woke or something like that. I mean, it wasn't even that he said anything. They discovered what he believed. And suddenly it was wrong for him to even do good works, give out food, give out vaccines and so forth. I mean, to me, this is upside down. It's just backwards. It's You know, when I was your age, when I first got to know what was going on with the EU in the early 90s, I don't think that we could have conceived that this day would ever come. No, agreed. I mean, the pressure to baptize your culture in the UK is absolutely huge. Well, we use that same word woke. And um, the challenge in the United Kingdom at the moment is, is that, you know, are you going to absolutely accept this or or, or what are you going to do? When I took on leading the Evangelical Alliance, I believe the Lord told me that we needed to be braver in this next decade than we've ever been. But we also needed to be kinder than we've ever been. So we're going to go out on a limb, but we're going to treat people well. The challenge is it doesn't always go the other way. And that innocuous tweet you refer to, that's even happened to me. I I tweeted out a book review that that was a a book just written about um, challenging orthodox teaching on marriage. I tweeted out a book review, that was all. And in 24 hours, got 2,000 messages of hate from all kinds of people that would disagree with me, all kinds of horrible things, and praying that my kids have mental health issues and are gay and all kinds of horrible stuff. And at its zenith, I got this message. At Gav Calver, you are the scum of the earth and they're going to burn in hell. Hashtag love wins. And, you know, in the middle of that, you simply say, do you know, I am going to live for the approval of Jesus. And I would love my culture to love me. But right now in the United Kingdom, if you're going to stand for Jesus, then you're going to stand out. And the cost and the price tag is really high. But, you know, in the middle of that, the opportunity for the gospel is incredible because the church does not grow from the mainstream. It tends to grow dramatically from the margins. And we're being pushed to the margins from where you have no nominalism left. You simply have people on fire for Jesus. And my hope and prayer is that radical remnant will lead to a revival in my nation that would transform it into something it's never been, fully, fully surrendered to Jesus. But it's going to take a while, and it's going to take some guts, no doubt about that. Well, I so admire what you're doing, and I feel that it's necessary because I see in the Western world, not just in America, Christians self-censoring because they don't want to get 2,000 messages of hate like you got. Mm. So it's like, okay, I'll just be quiet. I And really the other side in a way is trying to intimidate people into silence. And then it's not just the kinds of things that you're talking about, but it's other things as well. Maybe they won't like this either. And especially when they see people's lives ruined in some instances because of all of these things, or maybe a church shut down or, you know, who knows what happens. They become totally silent. But when they see people like you who have a voice, who aren't afraid, it gives courage to others. And I hope that as people listen to this podcast and later on read my book, that they can be encouraged. So I'm just interested on your view from across the pond on where you think all this is going to lead. Is it going to be possible that we get some protections by law because, you know, in our country, we have freedom of religion. It's one of our main 
freedoms. In fact, uh, there are some people who think that all the other freedoms come from that because our freedoms are God-given, not really given from the government. So I'm just interested in a British perspective on what you think is going to happen next. Yeah, well, well, the Evangelical Alliance is 175 years old. And throughout that history, we fought for religious liberty and religious freedom, and we'll continue to do so. At the moment, we're okay, but there are all kinds of laws sought to be brought in for sometimes for the right reason that have unintended consequences. So one of the things we do is we work, we work speaking into government and into the corridors of power to say, actually, there's a problem there. So, for example, they want to bring in a law that bans conversion therapy. But what they also mean through that is it would ban the ability to pray for someone who had feelings they didn't want. We need to protect religious freedom. I take great comfort from Corinth. Corinth is not worse than that which Paul wrote to. What happens in any culture is it, it gets more and more secular and then there's a pendulum shift back. Not normally 100%, maybe 25%. There's a secular overstep and things come back. I believe that there are some secular oversteps going on. Perhaps the, the transgender debate is a secular overstep. And I believe that the United Kingdom will not keep getting more and more spiritually dark. But as the darkness gets darker, the light of the church needs to shine brighter. And so we have an open goal of an opportunity post-pandemic to speak hope into a situation that's been hopeless. Secular humanism offers no hope. We have a chance to help rebuild our nation socially and spiritually. And the church needs to take that. So the way I see this going is that in time, there will be a major uprising of the church. But in the next few years, it's just going to be really hard. And that bravery you talk about, I, I love the Nelson Mandela quote, bravery is not the absence of fear, it's the management of your fear. We have to keep being brave, keep stepping out and keep stepping up. And as a church, we need to pray for one another all over the world that we can do this. At the same time, the places the church is growing the most in the world, it's under pressure. So I don't want the pressure, but if that's what it's going to take for church growth in the UK, that's what it's going to take. We know the end of the story. However much good stuff happens between now and the end, however much bad stuff happens, the end of the story is Jesus wins. So in the middle of the story, just like a Stephen could be stoned to death, knowing Jesus was stood for him. In the middle of the story, we stand firm, believing that the saviour of the world is with us and knowing that in the end, he has the victory. Well said. And that's probably a good place to leave this podcast. You gave me a lot of good material for my book. Several, actually, most of the interviews I do will end up in my book because I'm doing the ones that fit in. But I think there's a bigger picture here because there's almost a news aspect of what's happening, not only in your country, but our country. And we're, you know, we're trying to cover that because it's not covered by secular media or even some Christian media. You know, there's some fairly well-respected Christian media that have become woke or at least somewhat woke in their views in terms of what the Bible says. So I want to encourage my listeners to share this with those who you feel would be interested. We'll be covering it online, of course. I'll also just mention Gavin's father, Clive Calver. I did a podcast with him on Iran just a few days ago. You can find it on the Charisma Podcast Network, and I encourage you to listen to that. The Calver family has been very good friends of ours for a long time. I was just with Gavin's parents this week, which is what prompted me to reach out to him. And I'll thank you, Gavin, for 
taking time from a busy schedule and we had to juggle the time change between where you are and where I am. But as I wrap up this podcast, I want to give you the last word. I think all I'd say to my brothers and sisters is this. We're part of a family. In heaven, we're going to all be there celebrating together. But for now, let's pray for those all over the world struggling to keep going for Jesus. Let's pray for those places where we need to see breakthrough for the kingdom. And let's stand together. And friends, as a good evangelical, I just cry out to you to not compromise on the word of God. Do not change the substance of the message. Change the style. To not back down from the fact the death and resurrection of Jesus is the most important thing in human history. To not step back from the fact that we want to see everyone come to faith. We believe in conversion. You don't come to faith by osmosis. You get on your knees and you meet your saviour. And to not step back from the fact that the church is called to be activists, making the world more like the kingdom. If we put those things into place, I believe there is a far greater future for the church all over the planet than there is the past. Let's build that together. Let's glorify the King. Let's make Jesus' name. Well said. Thank you so much. And that wraps it up for this edition of The Strang Report on the Charisma Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. Tune in again tomorrow. God bless you. Thank you for listening to The Strang Report with Steve Strang. To read more from Steve, visit his blog, The Strang Report, on charismamag.com. Again, it's The Strang Report on charismamag.com. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Gavin Calver, who I am so proud of, having been a family friend and watched him grow up, and now he's become a major leader, taking a stand in a very difficult situation. I hope it makes you want to pre-order the book, God and Cancer Culture. The easiest way is on Amazon.com. You won't actually be billed until they ship it on September 7th. That's the release date. And then they charge your credit card. You can also get it on my own website a little bit faster. I don't know exactly what day, but whenever the books come in from the printer, we'll ship them out from my own website, which is called stevestrangbooks.com. Is my name Steve Strang, and the word books with an S. So I hope you will want to read the book. I hope you'll talk to your friends about it. I believe it's a very important book with some great interviews like the one you just heard. Thank you for listening. God bless you.